Coming to you from the DTC in Denver, Colorado. This is OCN Business with Aaron Wood. Welcome everybody in our community now. This is Aaron Wood with OCN Business Podcast. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by Billy Lindauer from Movement Motorsports. We're going to have a chance to sit down and talk with Billy and uh, kind of, you know, understand who he is, uh, you know, where he's come from, what his background is, and come up with the story behind Movement Motorsports and how they ended up where they are today. So I wanted to go ahead and welcome you to our podcast, Billy. Thank you. So thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, you know, so, so tell me a little bit, what, what is Movement Motorsports? We are a automotive repair shop. Okay. Uh, we're actually over in Rhino. All right. Or what they used to call Five Points. And we specialize in BMW and Mini. Nice. But we'll pretty much work on anything. Okay. As long as we can. As long as we can fix it, we will. So that's kind of an interesting area for an auto repair shop. Would, would you say, is, are you like one of a few in the area, or are you kind of like pretty unique to that space? I think we're maybe one of two, maybe three. Okay. Not many. Because it's, it's pretty urban over there, and, you know, usually a lot of uh, repair shops, I, I think, are kind of, you know, around the suburbs and stuff. You kind of got to drive out of town a bit right. to get to them. Um, you know, so, so, so you work on primarily BMW and Mini, um, but... Correct. Anything goes, right? Anything. Okay. So so what made you focus on BMW and Mini? Uh, Rob, my business partner, and I, okay. that's our background. We, All right. we started in BMWs back in 2006. Okay. Where, did you work at a dealership or just like a, in your garage, just like something you're passionate about with BMW? Uh, before 2006, we had our own individual cars just working on them at home. Okay. And then in 2006, we started at a local dealer here. Okay. And stuck with it and kept with it until now. So this is the fun part. Okay. We're going to get into this. So, so moving motorsports, auto repair shop in Rhino, you guys focus on BMW and mini and you know, everything else too. So now I want to, I want to know about you, Billy. I want to, I want to understand kind of where you got your start and what sort of led you to, Hey, let's start our own shop, you know? So let's, let's kind of dig back into, you know, when you first started working on, on cars. Was that like during high school or soon after, or a little later? That was uh, 16. 16? Okay. Yeah, first car was an old BMW. All right. Tell me about it. Uh, it was a 1983 520AD. Okay. Had 200,000 miles on it at the time. Nice. And it, it broke because I was a 16-year-old driving the snot out of it. So. Yeah. So you kind of led to, well, it's broken. I got to fix it? Right. Right. What was the first thing you repaired on that? Uh... I want to say probably just front brakes, front suspension. It was okay. old, creaky. It's the basics, kind yeah. of. Yeah, okay. easy. And then after that, I mean, did you did you just develop like, hey, I love BMWs. This was cool, or yes. What came after that? Uh, I actually ended up buying a '95 M3 when I was 17. Oh my gosh! My car payment was $600 at the <laughs> I time. I bet. Yeah. And I think I made $1,200 a month. Okay. Working. Uh, You're working for that car payment at that point, right? That's it. Car payment, <laughs> nice. gas, and track fees, basically. Okay. For for our listeners, I mean, I, I smiled when you said M3. Tell our listeners about the M3. You know, what, what is it about this car? Why why was it worth 600 bucks a month? Uh, M3, M is like best of the best. Mm -hmm. Motorsports, so it's three series. Back then it was a two-door chassis. Now they have a four-door. But uh, it has bigger engine, more power, better handling, better suspension, upgraded cosmetics. 
best of the best sort of thing. Sort of thing. Is it fast? Extreme. <laughs> I kind of remember I, I had a I had a what was it a '98 Trans Am, and a guy he was like a manager at this company I worked for. He had probably a couple year older M3, and I thought my car was fast. And until <laughs> until he was next to me at a stoplight, he just looked over and smiled. I'm like, "What are you gonna do in that thing?" And he just like toasted me, dude. I was I was left in the dust with that thing, and I was like, "Man, that was a cool car." Yeah, you know. So so we went from you know kind of older BMW. Now you got a nice new M3. Uh, what came after that? I mean, uh, basically needed to afford the car. Okay, <laughs> or car payment and car. So I uh, ended up getting a job at a local dealer. Okay. At 17, begged and pleaded to hire me underage. Right. And they hired me. And what, stu- what did they hire you to do? I was a porter or a lot tech. Okay. Just parked cars, washed cars. So you just get to handle the vehicles all day. Was it a BMW dealership? No, it was a Porsche Audi dealer. Oh, okay. So and they put me on the Porsche side and they kind of spoiled me. And so you get to drive Porsches around all day and yeah. park them and wash them. Yes. Okay, that's cool. I was 17 years old, and you get to drive horses around. Um, was it was it just like a summer job or um, part time during school, or, or how was this? No, I ended up getting my high school diploma through a homeschool. Okay. And then I just stuck with it. 65 hours a week. Nice. Put in put in the work and kind of got that taken care of for yourself. Sure. Right. Yeah. Okay, so let's fast forward a bit. So, you know, you're kind of getting into the auto space. You're working at a dealership, you know, driving cool BMWs, as, you know, from what I can see. Um, you know, where, where'd, you, where'd you get into actually working on vehicles? Working on them? Mm-hmm. Meaning? Uh, re- repairing, you know, doing, doing some work more not in your garage, but maybe in someone else's garage. Oh, gotcha. Well, I've, I'm actually not into working on them. I'm mainly like the front desk guy. Okay. Or the check-in person. Um, so later just moved into that and just helping customers. Okay. When they needed their car fixed. So, so that's like the, uh, you know, it's like the first impression that a customer has when, you know, they need their car repaired. And, you know, a lot of times customers, that's not always a fun, fun interaction. No, right? no, no. <laughs> not at the dealer level. No. Cause, uh, I mean, when your car needs to be fixed, I mean, something went wrong, you know, or maybe it's just regular maintenance, but a lot of times, you know, people get a little cranky, uh, yeah, Absolutely. Right? <laughs> what, what, what are some of the, what are some of the crankier customer moments, uh, you remember, uh, working on when you first got started? Um, I would have to say, well, when I started writing service, I later moved to a BMW dealer. I was 21. Okay. So nobody wanted to believe the young punk kid. Yeah, it's like, what do you know? <laughs> yeah. This is, I'm dropping off my $70,000 car. Mm-hmm. Don't touch it. Yeah. But fix it kind of thing. Um, I'd probably have to say with people, the biggest, biggest issue was some of the new cars at the time. They were not the best made. So okay. I built a relationship with them very quickly because they were in the shop. Month often after, month <laughs> you're after getting month. a lot of repeat business, not, not necessarily a good thing in, you know, car repair space, but you know, at, at least you're like building a relationship with these people. Right. Right. And kind of, kind of being a good advocate for them, helping them out, kind of understanding their, their woes, if yes, you will. Exactly. Okay. All right. So, you know, pe- people get cranky and, you know, you're working in this business. Um, you know, how long did you stay a writing service? I did that all the way up until starting movement. Okay. 
And so what, what led you to start Movement Motorsports? Well, kind of, I continued in the dealership world and then mm -hmm. later moved to an independent shop in town here. And Rob and I kind of wanted to do our own thing and put our spin on it, sort of say, and not, not work for somebody where you kind of get lost in the mix right? and your people get lost in the mix and they're not just a number. Right. So, so it's more like a family Right. Then, you know, people, people have names, identities, you understand who everybody is and no one, no one's getting lost or left behind. Right. Right. So, so with that, you know, I mean, you decided how, how long ago was this? Was this nine, nine months, six months, six months ago. Six so, months. um, so you and Rob decided, you know, Hey, we're pretty good at doing this. Maybe we should do this on our own. Yes. Was it like an overnight, a week long, you know, you guys go hiking in the mountains and drink a couple of beers and come back and open, open the doors or you know, what did it look like, like planning that out? Well, we, we talked about it briefly and then kind of just said, okay, let's do this. Let's go. Right. And learned along the way, ended up putting in our notice at our last shop before we really had any place to go. Okay. And just, it was make it or break it. Okay. No looking back kind of thing. <laughs> you're, so you're kind of living it out like if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space at this point. Sure. That's what it sounds like. It's like you guys are like, well, we have nowhere to go but up, right? Right. Here we go. Let's do this. Yeah, we have to. So so walk me through like opening the door. I mean, you, you kind of put in your notice. You left behind um, kind of like the corporate job type working for somebody else to, hey, let's open up Movement Motorsports. Um, right. First off, where'd the name come from? How'd you guys come up with Movement Motorsports? Rob actually ended up coming up with it. Okay. We were just kind of spitballing on different names and more ways of how to put it into a logo. Okay. And the M, back to the M3. Back to the M3. Motorsports uh, movement just it kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. And we just went with it. And sounds cool. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's doing something different, creating a, you know, our slogan is it's not just service, it's a movement. Yeah. So just doing things differently. And we're, we're going to come back to that um, in a minute here. But so, okay, so now we're, we're kind of in between. You're like in limbo. We left the dealer world, the corporate world, if you will. And do you have a place? Are you picking out a place? Did, did you have Rhino in mind initially? Um, what was that like? We originally talked about Rhino okay. like early on, but thought, oh, well, this, this area is going to be expensive. We can't afford it starting out so we tried to look everywhere stick with just denver mm -hmm. or the local metropolitan area okay or local communities um ended up we couldn't find a, anybody that would rent to a mechanic <laughs> all right because for whatever reason so we, we were going to settle down in inglewood and it's probably i don't want to put it it's in an area where I wouldn't want my daughter walking. Oh, no. Yeah. So long story short, that wouldn't fit for our people. Right. So you say, how am I going to bring my BMW M series to kind of the rough, <laughs> rough <laughs> hood, you know, if you will. And at the same time, I mean, Rhino, you, you kind of look around. If I pull up Google, I'm going to see, you know, an array of restaurants and eateries and breweries and such. And I'm not seeing too many auto repair shops or tune shops or anything like that. No. So I can understand it's sort of like, how does it quite fit in with that, I guess, sort of aesthetic? 
Yeah, I, I don't think it really. We're just gonna try and make it work. Nice. Rob, Rob liked the area. Yeah, I've eaten there quite a bit, and we just thought, yeah. And I think there's a lot to do to where it's like, you know, I, I mean, most most dealerships or, you know, even other uh, independent repair shops, you kind of bring your vehicle in, and I mean, even an oil change takes a good 45 minutes to an hour, right? right. So yeah. there's a lot of time spent either waiting or going to do something else. So I mean, does it does it kind of fit in with you know, drop your vehicle off, and you know, you can walk to dinner. Yes, it's. I mean, it's a destination yeah. kind of thing. You can come in, go grab a burger, go down the street, and have some, have a beer. Nice. If you're going to be driving home. Yeah. You know, hopefully, hopefully your repair takes a little longer than, yeah. than an hour, if that's the case. A few hours. <laughs> or at you that have point. somebody else to drive you <laughs> home, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so with that, so I mean, com- coming back to Movement Motorsports, I mean, I, I love the sound of what you guys did. You, you know, you just said, hey. We're, we're doing this. We can do it better. We can do it on our own. Let's start something. Let's start a movement. What, what do you see behind that movement? Like, like how does this look? How do you, how do you um, sort of speak to this to your customers? How do you help them understand what the movement is that you're trying to create? We, we want to do things where you're not just a number. Okay. So when you come in, we're fully transparent, meaning we kind of work off the handshake. We say what we're going to do. We're going to follow up, follow through. Um, treat that person how I want to be treated kind of thing. And hopefully in the long term, build some relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, long-term relationships and build, um, I guess, a, I don't want to say clientele base because I don't want to think of our people as clientele. I want to think I mean, of them as our yeah, like friends or family, uh, like the Movement Motorsports family, family. of customers, right? I mean, right. I mean, yeah, they're your customers, but you want to build a relationship with them to where they feel, you know, confident and comfortable coming back. And, you know, they kind of know you've got their back. And you know, like right. you said, that transparency. Transparency is huge. I think with any business, any industry, especially automotive, you know, because I, I think to myself, you know, as, as more complicated as vehicles become, there's, I mean, literally so many moving pieces, right? Oh, yeah. All jokes aside, yeah. There's so many things going on under the hood and electronics and all this. I mean, I mean, what's the, what's the biggest thing you see with customers? I mean, do they come in sort of with, uh, you know, the guard up, some apprehensions, you know, burnt on bad experiences? Um, do you experience that? And if you do, you know, what, what do you guys do to overcome that? It seems like lately we have been getting quite a few people that, they end up finding us because they're upset with somebody else. Okay. Um, and basically just listen to what they need. Okay. When, when somebody drops off a car, the person that's taking down their info, th- they don't usually ask the right questions. Okay. Leading the technician down the wrong path. So what, what are some of the right questions? Because, you know, if, if you think, you know, we're, we have an opportunity to, you know, introduce you to our community now. Yeah, help our listeners understand, you know, what what are some of these questions that they should be covering about their vehicle when they bring it in for service? Even if it's just like standard, you know, scheduled service or if it's like an emergency type service. I would try and be as not detailed, but kind of play CSI. Okay. So if a car started leaking oil or no, we won't say leaking oil. Are we doing CSI Miami or New York? Uh, or does it matter? <laughs> doesn't matter. Just My, Miami yeah. over New All York right. probably. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, 
let's say the car is consuming oil. Okay. When did it start consuming oil? Have you noticed anything on the ground floor, garage floor? How long have you owned the car? Mm-hmm. What's the maintenance history? People will, like I've taken my car back in the day to places and hey, I have this uh, coolant light that's coming on. Okay, great. We'll check it out. And that's it. And that's it. I mean, I, I can tell you when, where, why, and yeah. what I notice. Or what it's like I a light came on. Okay, cool. I'll go check it out. Well, maybe, you know, when did it come on? What kind of driving do I do? Or was I doing when it came on? Has it come on before? Does you know? it go off after driving? Yeah. yeah. So, so you guys kind of like detectives in a way, um, inquisitive with customers, just kind of digging in a little bit to get more information. Yes. Okay. Correct. Do, do people like that or do they feel like, oh, man, what is this, the Spanish Inquisition? You know, you're just questioning <laughs> me about my vehicle. Or do they just see it as, okay, this is somebody who is taking an interest in actually helping me? I think they, they see that we care, that we want to fix their car correctly and it, for the least amount of money. Okay. So. so you're talking like just what's necessary to get the car back in working order? That or if you don't ask the right questions and you go down a certain path and let's say you find a problem okay. with the car, but it's not the problem that the customer came in for and you end up fixing that and you originally didn't fix their main concern. Okay. So then you're kind of double dipping, sort of say, which isn't fair to them. No. So, so it's all about being fair to customers, um, creating greater transparency, obviously, too, helping customers understand there's more to vehicle service than just, hey, hey a light came on. Okay, great. We'll fix that, right? Right. Asking questions. You know, one thing you mentioned, uh, you know, before this was open door policy. What, what's that all about? So if a customer comes in and they want to go see Rob while he's working on a car, they can go back there and get underneath the car. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I don't know if it's OSHA approved. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, is there uh, some sort of safety <laughs> issue mm, with that? Yeah, they're, as long as they're wearing glasses, okay. maybe. Yeah. yeah. And make sure, that, you know, they're not walking around barefoot or something. No, or yeah, whatever. no. Yeah, because to me, that, that seems like a thing. Typically, you drop your vehicle off to be serviced. I don't even know where the actual shop is. Usually, there's, like, you know, the service drive, which, you know, is this nice, clean area you just drive your car through. Right. Hey, see you later. Where is it actually being repaired? I don't know. And it's kind of nice. It's like, okay, if your car's actually up on, up in the air on like a jack, you can take a look with the guy who's actually doing the repairs. Is, is that what you guys are doing there? Yeah, exactly. And they, you know, if the customer wants our cell phone number. Yeah. Which mainly all of them have my number. Okay. But if they want Rob's number and they want to check in, if we haven't got to them before we told them we would call them or text them, they can call or text while the car's in the shop or even after hours. And just get some update, like, you know, what's going on? You know, what are you guys seeing? Yeah. Things like that. I think that's good, you know, to have that open communication, you know, especially when you're getting your vehicle worked on. I mean, your, your car is, you know, a big part of your life. You know, it gets you to, you know, to work and school, wherever. Yeah. And especially when you're without it, you know, having something done, you're kind of like, okay, what's going on? When can I, you know, keep me updated so I know when I'm going to get this back, right? Yeah, when, when, when am I going to get my freedom back? Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're lost without it. So you guys, uh, you know, kind of quickly popped up on the scene. Um, it's been six months now, right? Correct. Have you guys, have you had uh, like a grand opening, a little something to kind of welcome people to Movement Motorsports, kind of introduce yourself to the neighborhood, anything like that yet? No, not yet, but actually in two weeks on a Sunday. Okay. We're going to have a grand opening brunch. Okay. From 9 to 
two, I believe. So we got a grand opening brunch uh, in about two weeks at Movement Motorsports. Correct. Uh, what's the address? 1220 30th Street. Okay. Denver 80205. All right. And do I need to RSVP? For the grand opening brunch? Uh, if you could, yes. Okay. Please. All right. Uh, just so we know how much champagne to buy <laughs> or brunch food. So, okay. Yeah. So, so mimosas and motorsports. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. Is that the title of your event? Can I coin that? Yeah, take it. Okay. Awesome. So um, for mimosas and motorsports, check out Movement Motorsports in two weeks on a Sunday. There right? we go. Awesome. Cool. So uh, what what's the next step? What's the plan going forward? What, what do you guys see? Do you guys see yourselves just growing here in Rhino? Do you see yourselves, you know, expanding into, you know, multiple locations? Um, do you have a plan? Or if you don't have a plan, let's make a plan, right? What, what, do, you, what, do, you, what do you foresee? We... So we're at the place we're at now, we're obviously leasing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're there for five years. I think we're going to outgrow that in two years. We don't have the conventional lot or the typical lot where you park cars. Okay. So we only have four parking spots out front, and we don't want to park our customers' cars on the street. Right. So when you drop your car off, like, for example, two days ago when it was hailing, all those cars were inside. Okay. So we're going to outgrow the inside. The space you have to store all the customer cars being right. worked on. Ideally, I would like to stay in Rhino, mm-hmm. but there's cranes going up everywhere. Okay. And I don't know if we'll be able to afford it okay. or if there will even be anything available for the purchase that would work for us. Okay. So just kind of playing it by ear for now. Right. Seeing what happens, working on growing until you're at the point where, you know, we've outgrown our capacity. Right. 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 Awesome. Cool. Um, so, so kind of quickly, let's, let's go back on like, uh, you know, the, the culture you guys have there. Um, you know, I, I, I met Rob and seeing you, you guys seem pretty relaxed and chill, uh, very approachable. Um, is that sort of a culture that just by accident just came with personalities? Is this something you're trying to build along with Movement Motorsports is having a specific type of culture or, uh, or what does that look like? No, I think we're we're like that naturally. Yeah. I mean, that's just who we are. It's, you know, um, if we want to, uh, we don't want to get stressed about anything. Mm-hmm. And life's, you know, they say life's short. And just kind of take it and water off a duck's back, you know, just kind of go with the flow and yeah. roll with the punches sort of deal. Yeah. Yeah. So um, say if somebody wanted to come work with you guys, work for you guys, are you guys hiring? Are you Are you growing in that capacity yet? We are not hiring currently. Okay. Uh, ideally, I would think within a year mm-hmm. we'll have an employee. Okay. We want we won't eventually want it to be where we have people knocking on our door because they've been at other shops or dealerships and they don't like the position or the ownership that they're working for. That okay. They, they can work for us and they have a kind of a stake in the game where they're there for a reason, not just for a job. Yeah. So again, back to customers and employees alike, you're not just a number, you're part of the movement motorsports family. Correct. Awesome. Cool. Um, Anything else you want to let our, our community now podcast nation know about you guys? Um, I don't know. So, so real quick, um, let me, let me think of some rapid fire questions here because these are always fun to kind of dig in. Um, Dream car, if money and time were no object. M5 wagon. 
Oh, wow. I didn't even know there was an M5 wagon. U.S., there's not. Okay, so this is like a, a European, German thing? Correct. Okay, awesome. Um, worst ever vehicle that you've owned or driven in? Owned or driven in. Owned or driven in, or both. If, uh, if you owned it and drove in it, what's the worst vehicle you've been in? Owned a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Okay. Didn't like it. It's All like, right. It's not my, not my thing. Just not your not your cup of tea. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, driven in BMW 850. Okay. Just too big? Uh, I hate those cars. <laughs> those are always what I consider like a grandpa car. I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking out of term here, but I've always seen them as like, okay, this is a grandpa car, you know? They're cool, but, you know, on the service side, you see the repair bill costs, mm -hmm. and I don't want anybody to own that car just because right. it's going to cost it's just arm and a leg. Stupid, yeah. right? Okay. What's your <laughs> – this could be a weird one. What's your favorite repair? Favorite repair – Let's see. This is like this is like desert island stuff here, Billy. You've got your favorite repair to bring with you to repair every day that you just love doing. <laughs> is there such a thing? I don't know if there is such a thing. I mean, I can't think of anything. What's your least favorite repair? Least favorite repair? There's got to be one. Uh, let's see. Try and think of with BMW. That one that when you have the customer come in and they're like, oh, I had this light or I'm experiencing this noise. And you're like, oh, my gosh, it's that. It's like that albatross banshee type repair, that poltergeist repair that keeps haunting you. And it's like, oh, no, you're back again. Uh, I can't think of any that keep coming back. The V8s on BMWs tend to smoke. Okay. And that's, they've smoked forever, and that's designed. So when that comes in, it's like, wow, Billy, I got my BMW smoking. And it's like, it's got a V8. Okay, I know what that is. It's, it's normal. It's like it's designed to smoke. <laughs> yeah, if it's not smoking, there's something wrong. <laughs> there's something wrong yeah. if it's not smoking. Oh, that's awesome. So, Billy, totally appreciate you coming on our show and yeah. telling us about Movement Motorsports and what you guys are, are doing, uh, your shop in Rhino. Uh, for our listeners out there, if you want to check them out, they're at movementmotorsports.com. Uh, you can check them out online. You can also check them out on Facebook and Instagram, uh, or you can just drive on over uh, to their location at 1220 30th Street in Denver. That's in Rhino. Um, appreciate you having us on the show, Billy. And this is Aaron Wood with Our Community Now for OCN Business. And you can check us out online anytime at ourcommunitynow.com and on Facebook, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you may be online, look for us. This has been OCN Business with Aaron Wood. OCN Business has been brought to you by PIN, our platform intelligence network. PIN is a data-driven marketing company which focuses on a human-centric approach to marketing. Please visit us at our website at pinbn.com. That's P-I-N-B-N.com. Or call us at 720-552-5827. That's 720-552-5827.